All right, when we come back from commercial break, we'll be writing haiku. Nicely done. That was so good. <laughs> Did you just make that up? <laughs> that was nicely I like that. I like that. That was amazing. I feel really good about that. All right. Welcome to episode eight of the Hard Pick Mining Company with your Denver Five. Episode eight. Whoa. Episode eight. We made, we made it. it two months, everyone. Uh, thanks to our listeners for sticking in there with us uh, and for sticking in with the Nuggets. A tough week, uh, two and two on the week. Uh, I think at the end of the pod last week, we thought three and one was really what we were hoping for. Uh, the Nuggets dropped two games this week to Atlanta and to Washington uh, and then pulled out games against the Western Conference for Portland and OKC. So uh, Nuggets have ended up uh, 18 and 15 uh, on the season so far. They're eighth in the West. Uh, they're kind of middling right now. As we've talked to this kind of a theme of the last couple of weeks now, uh, the Nuggets have been up, down in various games, playing to their uh, competition at this point in time. But there was one particular game that we all were talking about, and I think uh, is apropos for us to talk about at this, is Ooh. Andrew, the Washington Wizards game. We lost it at the end star there. Word. How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, I mean, we're all feeling the same, which is so frustrated. And I don't even know, like there are so many people you want to blame just for that last possession. You don't even know where to start, right? Like Murray wants to be a hero. He's the point guard of the team. He's... <laughs> Oh. He's he's muting himself. Uh, yeah, three and one. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't Nothing. blame Murray. I don't blame Murray on that one. No, Murray got two, I got Murray got two guys I, to him. I'm proud of him for passing out of it. Uh, I wish. <laughs> I wish we had just gotten to the hole. I, I do too. Anybody. I mean, that, that's the new NBA right now, though. Everyone is taught to go to the three, right? Uh, on anything like that, because everyone's, you know, all the uh, advanced metrics say that you got to shoot the three. Uh, they tried to win the game. They should have just gone to the hole and tried to tie the game up and go to overtime. I, I don't know if they were the trying to win the game though. or they just all kind of forgot the right play all at the same time. You know? Did you listen to Zach Lowe this week? Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. And he basically said, did they actually know what the score was? Did they think yeah. they needed the three that- to tie? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I don't think they actually knew the score. Like all three of them? Put that on Malone? Yes. Like, yes. I thought nobody knew the score. Uh, J- Jamal pulling up for the shot, I understand. Uh, but he, he got double and, and PJ, I, I, yeah. I also understand going to the corner, but not, not Faku. Like, why, why do you understand MPJ going to the corner? He's six ten. We're down two points. We have an odd man rush. Because, because there's two other guys right next to him that are in step. That he, you only need one guy to get the pass and dunk it, uh, or do the lay in. That you, you think Faku was the guy to dunk the ball at the very end? <laughs> didn't know, but hey, did you, you see him up, try to dunk right, it, Andrew? Did you see him on his breakaway? I'm impressed. Ugh. He like can palm a ball. How, I'm a, I'm amazed that little guy can do that. No, I uh, Does was, that give it was you OKC game, right? <laughs> Did, no, so he went up and tried to dunk it, and <laughs> it's like the blueprint for how to dunk if you're six foot even. <laughs> he, he like one That's hand generous. and <laughs> like just let the ball carry as much momentum as possible, and just just try to just tip it over. 
All right, I, I went, I back, to, I I went back to Andrew. All right, real quick with the Wizards, as frustrated as we all were at the end of the game, there was a little glimmer of hope, and that glimmer of hope was what we talked about week one, which was could Murray, MPJ, and Jokic play together, right? And we've been saying, no, they're great, like Jokic and Murray, Jokic and MPJ. But I think that was the start, even though they lost, of the game where all three of them are starting to hit. So Murray had 34 points in that game, Jokic had 24, and uh, MPJ had 18. Those are really great stats. Like Morris was two for eight and Barton was one for seven. That's not going to happen very often. Those guys are generally more solid. And once we get uh, more of our players back in, I mean, if those three guys can play together and we can get a few other guys to step up, yes, we beat the Wizards, but we also beat like other good teams. And so even though we lost and that was the worst last possession I've ever seen in my life, um, <laughs> except for like Anthony Carter throwing the ball away in the playoffs. Oh, against Lakers. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a little glimmer of hope. Well, uh, Andrew, I would even argue that the Portland game um, was where that started because I feel like those guys were starting to feel each other a little bit better um, and actually got more minutes in that game, and it's kind of continued throughout the week. And so I think the three of them being able to play together really um, bodes well for after the All-Star break. Do you think they were nervous for the Wiz? Like knowing that this, it should have been a statement game and they got beat by the Wiz a week ago that they shouldn't have? Like, I think it was the opposite, and they didn't take him seriously enough. I think they either were... Either I mean, the second time, too? Yeah, that was what was so frustrating about it. I mean, maybe the main, you know, the big three took him seriously enough, but everybody else, it was a sluggish game. They Everybody was looking off and just not, like, there's no energy during that game. So I think they thought, okay, the last game, you know, we played them, um, should have been, you know, easily could have been a win, had a couple tough calls go our way. We're going to come out and just kick the crap out of these guys and instead they just decided not to really show up at all it was such a frustrating game from that standpoint because you'd expect exactly what you were saying rex like they would come out take them seriously they just lost to them let's you know beat them by 20 and instead it was the exact opposite that happened but at least maybe it's a turning point in the sense that i mean the way they played <laughs> against oklahoma city was fantastic and they came out with that kind of like we're gonna you know destroy you in the first quarter so who knows we'll see what the rest of you know the next week or two bring heading into the all-star break but hopefully they keep the aggressiveness up so bush oh sorry go ahead rex uh so i was gonna throw out i was i've been super frustrated with will barton uh, <laughs> and so just open question years. do do you think that there's a, a place for will barton on this team yes i mean it, andrew is the the really? only answer that i don't think is gonna what jive. well you said yes so but what place do you think he has i think he's the starting two guard i think he's still hurt and playing at like 60 percent, and so he's a tall guard right he's a really short like he's average height but very like skinny for a small forward so as a shooting guard, like if he just kind of like wakes up a little bit, I actually think he would fit with this team because the only way this team makes a run in the playoffs or even out of the first round is through offense, which is not like Michael Malone's style, but that's the realistic expectation. So you put in a Gary Harris and um, you get Millisap back. It helps a little bit on defense, but then I don't know if we have any scoring power. And I think all percent like he is now like probably not going to be great 
but yeah, yeah. well missed you, you dipped there a bit but i just you know looking at how he's been playing he just it, it seems all over the place and you know we're jumping around a little bit here but um it just like when when harris comes back Millsap comes back jermichael green comes back dozier's now back that they've got to figure out the rotation again you know, I think some of this week, you know, the expectation is you've got Murray, Jokic, MPJ, and this is what I was going to ask you, Bush, is like, you know, we would think those three would be enough to carry us against a team like the Wizards, but, you know, we've been down three key rotation players in the last two weeks, so how much fatigue is setting in on guys like Barton that we might need to help carry us in those types of games where he's maybe not looked as good as he has in the past? Well, I think... The number of games we've played has definitely been a factor. I know I feel it in my own household because Julia is constantly like, there's another Nuggets game on tonight. <laughs> there's another goddamn Nuggets it's like, game. Yep, every other night in all of February, basically. So if uh, I'm feeling it and Julia's feeling it, I know the Nuggets have got to be feeling it. So I'm, I'm really coming around to the idea that the whole season is just about getting into the playoffs and then hopefully our, uh, you know, we know Jokic will be there. I'm feeling more and more confident Murray will be there. And then if MPJ can take a step forward, like we've seen in kind of the last couple of games with him, and the three of them can click, I we can beat almost anybody, I think, um, especially if those guys just each kind of go off for their own game. Um, and then, you know, they all play well in another one. That's four wins, right? So I'm really thinking that we just have to get into the playoffs, hopefully avoid the um, play-in tournament, so we need to get to the sixth seed at least. Oh. Um, but I, I think if we can just do that, get healthy, have some good chemistry, we're going to be okay. But until then, it's just going to be an up-and-down season. Like, I've, I've come to terms with it finally <laughs> I, because I'm getting so mad that you are every fucking loss that we play so terrible. I, I can't believe of anybody that Bush is sitting here trying to play optimistic that, no, we're going to, we just need to be in the sixth seed from where we ended last season and where we started on the year of like, no, if we're anything below the three, it's a disappointment. <laughs> I, I'm revising my expectations. I have to, because this team is so inconsistent and I don't know if it's just the nuggets. It's a lot of the NBA, but I, I feel like anytime we play a good team, I'm actually I feel good like we're gonna go win that game. And anytime we play a crappy team, especially apparently a crappy team in the Eastern Conference, not called the Cleveland Cavs, we're just gonna lay an egg and we just don't care. Or they just don't get up for it. I'm sure they care, but they just don't get up for it in the way that you would think. So I don't know. I'm I am uh yes, I am I'm Mr. Optimistic tonight. And uh, the Nuggets <laughs> just need to get in the playoffs. And we're going to shock, shock the world. Well, it's, You're it's right. interesting you said that, Bush, because uh, last season the Nuggets had 16 total double-digit victories. And so far this season we've had 12 um, in about half the games. <laughs> wow. So it, it's interesting stat. to see that besides a handful of games that we're complaining about, uh, the Nuggets uh, have actually uh, taken care of business on a lot of their teams. But uh, when we look at some of these you know, the Atlanta game was really bad. The Wizards game was bad. The Celtics <laughs> game was bad. Uh, you know, the Bucks game. I mean, when we look at the Eastern Conference games that we're playing, you're exactly right. Those are the teams that we're losing to. But we're winning against the Western Conference and, and where we need to be. Uh, the problem is, is that last year we were pulling out those close games, and this year we're just not doing that. Exactly. Like, we actually have a better point differential this year than we have 
last year, which is shocking to me because it just feels the exact opposite. And I think there were just so many games last year that we won, you know, when we were close games that we pulled out at the end. And this year, it feels like every one of those is going against us this time around. And, you know, I'm just ready to not see the Hawks or the Wizards anymore. And uh, I don't know if we want to legislate our differing thoughts here on Trey Young at all, but I'm good to not see him any anymore in this NBA season or maybe ever again. <laughs> well, Bush, you're, well, you're, a, you're a finance guy. You know numbers, right? You know, at some point it's going to even itself out, right? So is that where your optimism is coming in? You just you just keep putting your money down. It's going to work its way out, right? <laughs> yeah, that and Jokic and Murray actually – Murray now looks better than he did in previous regular seasons. I think he looks a lot more like the guy in the in the bubble. So we're like, you know, we're getting three three quarters of bubble Murray. Yeah, we're up from two or one. And he actually looks like he's taken a little bit of a step forward. And then, like Andrew's been on for a while, if MPJ can actually figure out his role on this team, because I think the best version of the Nuggets is Murray leading – with, you know, 26 points a game, and uh, Porter's at, like, 21, 22, and Jokic is at 20 or something like that and getting triple doubles left and right. Like, I think that's the best version uh, because it's crazy when we see Jokic go off on points. Just those are the games that we just, you know, nobody else is clicking, and he's dominating, but just not quite enough. So that reminded me, I had a, I had a prompt. Uh, Jokic had his eighth triple-double of the season. Uh, was it last night? I think it was last, last night. night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the end of the season, do you think Jokic will have more triple doubles or how many, or what's going to be greater? The number of triple doubles or the number of episodes that we're going to record? <laughs> I'll go with Jokic oh, and the triple doubles. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jokic triple doubles. I don't think if there's one episode a week, you can do the math. He's getting four games a week. He's got it. I mean, they they played for two months before we started recording. I guess we I'm going with record recording. <laughs> Bush, so your your point about Murray, uh, you know, if you look, even just this is super simple. Just look at our leading scorer of three of the four games this week. It was Murray. He averaged like almost 29 points a game, and you know, obviously two losses and one a heartbreaking loss and uh, one against an Atlanta team that featured. Nikola Jokic's arch rival and Clint Capella who just dunked and rebounded and dunked and rebounded. Uh, thought we got rid of him with the Rockets, but uh, he showed up in the Hawks and killed us. And but you're right, I, I I agree that Murray scored in that upper twenties is a good sign, right? He he didn't look like he was like forcing it as much as he had been earlier in the year when he was definitely hurt. Well, and here's what I'm excited about is between those three guys is I, I agree with everything you guys are saying, but one of the things about this team is that we have not rebounded well this year. So if you look at just offensive rebounds year over year, we're down 4.7% uh, um, this year compared to last year. Defensive rebounds were down and, and overall uh, we're down you know a little over 1.3%, which is a big differential when you look at it season over season. And part of that is, is the players that we have right now and what's happening is that we're just not getting the rebounds that we normally would, which would be, you know, kind of the put pack type of uh, scores. And so having MPJ be that kind of guy, uh, exactly. and we saw that the last two games where he's getting big rebounds and he's actually going to the glass and kind of filling a more rounded role than just being the guy who sits in the corner and tries to score. 
let alone the fact that he's long, he's lanky. Um, he, I think he has a real ability, if he tries, to be a very good defensive player. Uh, I mean, our steals are down, our blocks are down. Just defense overall is really down this year. And having a big guy like him who can help us out, um, he's not going to be our top defensive guy by any means. Uh, but we are definitely missing that role this year. And, and I think that's going to be a big differential. If these three guys can figure out between the three of them how to play together and how to fit their roles of what they need to do, it's going to be huge. Uh, MPJ, I'm, I'm going on record at some point this season, he's going to get just obliterated in the face by a pass from Faku that he's not going to see. <laughs> he's going to be in the right position, just not looking for it. And it's going to be, like, be bleeding all over the floor. Yeah, I think that <laughs> happened, happened to Jamichael Green recently. three times. Oh, happened to Jamichael Green three times from Jokic passes too. He just kept running and the ball just kept hitting him. <laughs> it took like five games for him to be like, oh, this guy keeps throwing me the ball. Like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> well, it was an interesting week uh, for the Nuggets. I think I, I feel like a <laughs> it's Groundhog Day and I continually say that every time we get on the pod here. <laughs> but uh, again, up, down, lost to Atlanta by, uh, by eight, uh, win against the Portland by five, loss again to Washington by two at the end there, uh. Uh, and then a blowout with the OKC Thunder uh, by 30. And so it kind of seems like every week that is the exact rhythm that this team has. So it, it's going to be kind of a slog here, I think, through the season. It'll be good to see during the All-Star break. There's three more games uh, that are left until All-Star, and so hopefully the guys will get a little bit of a rest, uh, at least everyone but Jokic, uh, and they can kind of figure it out. So uh, before we go into commercial break, uh, I think Rex has got the next segment. Ooh. Yeah, no. Thank you for my tease, Michael. Okay, so we uh, we're part of a little podcast family called the vague idea network <laughs> of the same host we are we are and wow. so i was listening yeah. shouts to shouts to the vin <laughs> <laughs> uh was bugging me that she wants to do some crossover content so i was listening to one of her episodes last week and they did a, a positivity challenge quiz. yes <laughs> and um it, it was turned out really well so i want to do the same thing so i think we need a little bit of positivity i think we need a little bit of uh encouragement for our boys so i've got a challenge of during the commercial break here and take like you know five minute break refresh your cocktails mike's gonna do a sexy commercial and i want everybody to pick a player on the nuggets and i want you to write a haiku of encouragement about their game in the haiku three five three five five seven five Five seven five. Five seven five. Oh Jesus! You got the rules. <laughs> I like this far less than if we would have just cut to commercial break. I am Google. All right. When we come back from commercial right break, now. we'll be writing haikus. <laughs> so we'll take a minute here to hear from our presenting sponsor, the Abrams Momentum Group. Some of the toughest skiing challenges in Colorado are black diamonds. So is real estate. So you might need a Black Diamond Realtor. And if you're looking for one, Andrew Abrams from the Abrams Momentum Group is the guy for you. Navigating Denver's tough real estate landscape needs an expert guide. And Andrew Abrams from the Abrams Momentum Group is the one to lead the way. Remember, Abrams Momentum Group, realty through relationships. That was so good. That was nice. That was amazing. I like that. Just make that up. 
I, I, well, I was reading 5280 Magazine and nobody responded to Andrew being a black diamond realtor. My mom texted me. All right. That was the Abrams Momentum Group, uh, our presenting sponsor. <laughs> Go see uh, Andrew if you, uh, for all your real estate needs. Mr. So, Black Diamond. Mr. Black Diamond. So, Rex, uh, you challenged uh, the Denver Five to a haiku <laughs> writing contest. Uh, yeah. No, we're, we're stretching the legs a little bit. We're, we're broadening our horizons. <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited to see what you guys bring to the table. <laughs> I, I know I know that you hated every minute of it, and I'm so happy. Can, can we call each other the Denver 575 during this segment? Because that would be cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wordplay. Yeah. Just get warmed up here, guys. All right. Well, Andrew, you are uh, the first to finish, so what do you got for us? All right. What the fucking hell? The Nuggets are bipolar. Western Conference Finals in Denver. <laughs> could have warned our listeners but well done <laughs> no i think it was Feel really uh, good about that that's good Feel pretty good all right see nine okay Seaver, you're up Seaver, you're up okay. it's more of a guideline it's bush a details okay well, this is uh this is to kitchener's own uh jamal murray oh i went that route too blue arrow scoring game changing and necessary we need you to lead. <laughs> all right. I like it. All right. I, I like it. I feel I like, like it. there's Can like I a non-zero chance that that's going to end up as a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Can I follow that up? Yeah, I was going to say Bush. Sounds, sounds like you, uh, you had a Murray one too. Murray out. Yeah, ready? Bubble Murray spins. Murray drives and shoots and scores. Bubble Murray's back. <laughs> Bubble Murray's back. All right, I like those are good ones. I love it. Uh, quick aside, at some point, I, the the Palencia brothers love to tell the story that they they were at like s- some Nuggets season ticket meet and greet somewhere, and they they were yelling at Jamal who was walking by, who said they're saying, Jamal, it's time for you to step step up, and I need you to be more. And the next week, he changed his Instagram handle to be more. <laughs> Wow. So they, wow. they call ownership of, of that. Well, it's total bullshit. I think no. we'll have to get them on with Murray and see who's got the right story. Yes. All right, Rex. I'm texting Jamal right now to confirm. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote a note for our newest nugget, Mr. Greg Whittington. Welcome to the league with them go-go gadget arms. Big smile, cameras on. All right. <laughs> Mike, I hope you are showing Jokic some love here because we can't have five haikus without one to good old Nikola. Uh, mine, unfortunately, is not to Jokic. That would have been better. Um, mine's to a moment in game uh, this week, and I'll let you guys <laughs> listen to it and see how it goes. A shriek loud as wolves. The dunk just oh so close. My man Faku. He's a star. Nice. Oh, so close. Man, if you were just wearing like a really like high-necked black turtleneck sweatshirt <laughs> or uh, turtleneck sweater, that would have been the best. Right. <laughs> just the, the, the... <laughs> Anytime Mike has to go to his like 
by himself voice. He goes straight into sexy voice every single oh, yeah. time. It's great. Never change. Is that how you like inner monologue things in that voice? Is that what mm-hmm. like how you think? No, that's the pep talk of like, I need to perform on this conference call. Okay, Mike, you got this. I mean, wouldn't you guys want that voice in your head telling you, pumping you up? Come on. All right. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you whatever I need, you know. Yeah. A little something. A little something. You could do it. You got it, buddy. Pull out all the stops. (laughs) All right. Well, that was uh, the Haiku Challenge uh, presented by the Vague Idea Network, which we are very excited Vague Idea Podcast Network, which uh, other show plugs the Roll for Blank is a D&D podcast on the network. Funky Spunk is a Sex and the City podcast on the network, and a, the original A Vague Idea is a trivia podcast, which I am a guest on this week, doing sports. Cool. All right. Yeah. Listen to our to podcast for a trivia podcast about sports. How do oh, I join? I'll put you on the list. He's got two hundred episodes. Wow, that's too many. All in the last week. Yes, two hundred episodes in the last week. He's he's just a machine. <laughs> it was a joke. It's just a joke. All right. Uh, well, we're going to take it into the fan favorite, Bush in the Woods. He's got oh, some stats for us. He was teasing us this week. What do you got? All right, guys. I got one big number for you, and it's 43.3. Any idea what that is? We can take a guess. Sure, if you want. <laughs> Field goal percentage? Um, yeah, Jokic's three point. The Nuggets three corner three-point percentage. No, but I wish that was true because our win-loss record would probably be a little bit better. Okay, this Time is of possession. <laughs> this is the amount of this is the uh, point differential. So the the amount of points per 100 possessions the Nuggets are outscoring when Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., and Nikola Jokic are on the court together. And what's really remarkable about this is this is the best five-man lineup in the entire league right now. Now, I think it's a little inflated because I it's really because of the Oklahoma City Thunder game. But, <laughs> hey, right now the Denver Nuggets have your best five-man lineup with at least 100 possessions played in the entire league. So that's better than Milwaukee. The Clippers are third on this. San Antonio, Utah, Brooklyn, all of those guys right now with Jamal at the two, Michael Porter at the four, and then you even throw in our, you know, our favorite Will Barton and Monte and Jokic. That's the best five-man lineup. Andrew, I feel like you have a response to this. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to ask, like, that sounds great. Were those not the starters against the Wizards? I don't know. Yes, the answer is yes. All right. It was kind of rhetorical, but I also thought you might throw in a yes because we were going I mean, direction. probably not no. if they, so, they have that. No, I, I think that's yeah. great. Um, good for them. I, I would like to see us run that way for quite a bit longer. I mean, while we have these injuries, like we need to see what can happen. But what we didn't mention against the Wizards and Atlanta is like we can't stop really good anything. Point guard, shooting guard, small forward. And we're missing that complete like athleticism. And so like everything, it's a compromise and a sacrifice on like when you put someone else in, what gets taken out. And so that's great that their point differential has been really good, but like we have to be able to stop someone, especially down the stretch. And I don't think one of those players I would trust on the defensive end. So what's amazing. And again, it's only 140 possessions, right? So 
Um, it's roughly, you know, a game and a half that they've played together, roughly 100 possessions in a game. What's amazing and what's shocking, they are scoring 132 points per 100 possessions, and they're holding teams to 88.8 points per 100 possessions. So they're actually, again, it is a small sample still, but they are actually holding teams to relatively few points. I mean, it's in the 98th percentile. But the other thing I want to kind of build off of with this, and I'm going to keep going back to it because – I think it's probably one of the most important things for the Nuggets is this idea of Jamal at the two and Porter at the four instead of Jamal at the one and Porter at the three. So if you just look at all lineups when Jamal Murray's at shooting guard, Michael Porter um, Jr.'s at power forward, so far we've had 242 possessions like that, and the point differential is 26.2. So I think that is probably even the bigger takeaway is just those two guys need to play those positions more, and they are starting to. You're seeing it in their minutes distributions. I mean, it's kind of been forced because of all the injuries out there. But um, I'll be really curious when, you know, uh, Green gets back, when Millsap gets back, is Porter back to the three, and then does all of a sudden his productivity and – to your point, Andrew's defense fall off a cliff because I think he can match up much better on the defensive end against uh, fours rather than you know guys at the three. So those are my two uh, two numbers: twenty six point two, forty three point three. We'll see how it evolves, um, but that's bush in the woods for week eight. Enlightening. So bush, do, this is great stats as usual, but do they break it down between first half and second half? Because I wonder, like, if that win for that lineup is the first half where we came out like gangbusters against OKC, and you come out strong against Washington. And yes, the OKC game we we continued to play really well, but obviously Washington did not end the way that we wanted it to. So I'm I'm curious because the Nuggets tend to fade a bit in the second half, you know, as the starters come back out a second time. Yeah, totally. They don't break it down, or at least not a quickly available, but. I mean, I've been looking at these lineups uh, since cleaning the glass, started putting them up. And before the Oklahoma City Thunder game, we were like 10th probably. This lineup was probably about 10th in the league. So that one game really, really helped. But, you know, I I think it's still – I think the biggest thing for me is like it shows that Will Barton can actually be in a productive lineup even though – I, as many fans have, have just been ragging on him all year. And it just shows that, you know, Porter needs to be the four in my mind. And Murray is just better when there's another guy out there to help distribute. But we're not going to guard anybody. But if we can score 132 per 100 possessions, that can still win a lot of games. I, I definitely was looking for it after last week's episode when you we were talking about more than anything was Jamal at the two. I think is the key to remove the decision-making capacity from him a little bit and not put that weight on him. And definitely in the Portland game, it was him and Monte a lot and then him and Faku. And I I thought he looked great. And I mean, that to me, that's the biggest kind of energy shift is removing that burden from Jamal so he can just score. All right. I got to, I got a question real quick here. So, Murray's better at the two. Do we have any point guards that are the actual right fit? And, I, and the one thing I want to throw out, everyone likes to talk about and listen about 
our offense, remember these guys have to play on the other end of the court defense as well. And all of our point guards outside of Murray are undersized. So if Murray's the two, is that really so beneficial? I think yeah, what so- you're getting at is that you, you really want uh, Jokic at point guard. You want him to be... <laughs> I mean, he's he runs the offense anyway most of the time. And he brings the ball up, you know... A, 30% of the time anyway. So positions are fluid. Sure. Still not going to trade Monty. Still can't. <laughs> yeah, we can't, right? <laughs> no, but so, but so saying that, Andrew, you're right. I mean, so a guy like Lonzo Ball, whose name's been out there a ton from Trade River for like side of things, right? It's a big point guard, can play defense. Um, could carry the load. It's not going to be an elite scorer for us, but can it, you know, run the offense. And then um, I think Houston's got a couple of pieces that are really interesting. I don't know how the Nuggets would make it work, but like a PJ Tucker um, who could slide in as a three, play some offense, plays really good defense. And Victor Oladipo plays a two, but he just said today that he's not, he turned down an offer with the Rockets and he's a big wing defender. He's not going back to the Rockets. His contract expires at the end of this year. The Rockets are going to want to get something for him because they're retooling. The Nuggets would have to shift a bunch of pieces around to make something like that happen, and maybe you can make him a three, but he's, you know, 6'4"-ish, I think. So maybe not – Will Barton's like 6'6", six, six, so maybe not as big. Um, I think probably bigger weight-wise, but not height-wise, but maybe that's an option potentially for us. And so I'd be curious if that's what the Nuggets are maybe going to look at. It's consolidating some of the guards that we have, knowing that Jamal at a two and MPJ at a four – um, is working for us right now. Well, and that's where maybe, you know, having Dozier back could be big, right? Yeah. Because he has played that big point guard role in the past. This year, he's been forced into, you know, the three in the lot. And at the four, a previous Bush in the Woods deep dived on how awful that was. Unfortunately, <laughs> they went away from that lineup. Um, but Dozier at the guarding, you know, point guards or, you know, somebody in the one, two, or three, that I think is the key part. I think the biggest part is just Murray not having to bring up the ball every time and like getting the ball in different positions in the half court where it's not quite as predictable as the Jokic-Murray two-man game can sometimes turn into. And I think that's the biggest part of having somebody else there. Now, I don't always trust Dozier's um, playmaking ability and decision-making on the offensive end, but I trust him a lot on defense. And I think he could be a great – you know, piece there. And honestly, I've been really impressed with Murray's on-ball defense most of the time. Like, against the Celtics, remember how well he, you know, matched up against Jason Tatum of all guys? Um, I think he's been really good. It's just certain type of guard, that Trey Young type of guard that just kicks his ass and kicks, you know, everyone except for uh, Gary Harris, I think, on the team. Nobody can stick with somebody like that. We're actually a little bit better on the guards when it's a slightly bigger guard. And then our other weakness, as we all know, is that big, the big small forward, right? Like the, the LeBron, the Kawhi, um, that we still don't have anybody to defend him. But I'll be, you know, I am really anxiously awaiting the trade deadline because I want to see something happen. And... I, if we're not buyers in this kind of market, I, I will just be, you know, a little disappointed as usual, but um, I hope we see some action happen. When is the the deadline? Uh, I was just looking, and it looks like March 25th. After All-Star? Yeah, yeah, after the All-Star break, it's March 25th this year. 
I would love Dozier playing point guard, right? Because like Jokic is still the best passer. It allows yeah. like Murray to open up, and then it puts us having a really good big size. Problem is, like I don't think Malone will do it. He's just so loyal to Morris and Faku that like those guys will always be the point guard, which is why like he's trying to find a spot for Dozier and has been playing the three or four. So I wish he would kind of open up his mind a little bit. And, realize the value of defense here which i mean he's a defensive guy but i think he thinks he can teach it instead of like plugging in all the good defensive players and we're always bad at defense sounds like you need to write a haiku to mike malone next week andrew (laughs) (laughs) i'll slip it in his dms fire 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 oh wait no i really like malone too well well with that andrew um uh we've had a a little bit of a, a running segment here bit of a joke uh, someone tees off uh, at the end of the pod here. So this is Andrew Goes Rogue. Man, I wanted to go rogue for things that I have a list. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Where do you a keep list the list? Just is it in right here on my uh, is it an email? laptop? Well, it was really started at the beginning of this podcast and then <laughs> about here now. So it sounds like I pick a list one. of grievances. He's been writing the <laughs> whole episode long. <laughs> this is, this so is Andrew's burn book. <laughs> like as soon as Bush talked about offensive rebounds, I got super pissed off because there's not a more useless stat than offensive rebounds. I only care about the playoffs. That was so, like, Mike. Steals. That was Mike. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to blame you for everything. So, a useless stat? Yeah, there are two useless stats, steals and offensive rebounds. Like, steals means you, like, made a poor decision and tried to jump the passing lane instead of stopping your guy. So instead, you get rewarded with, like, something that looks good that will not be useful in the playoffs and just generally puts your team down, like, four against five, and you get completely lit up. However, the Nuggets, when Marcus Camby won MVP, he won MVP because that entire team only went for steals. So they won for so many steals that um, everyone just had a wide open layup and Marcus Camby led the league in blocks that year. So steals and offensive rebounds are one of the things that I'm going rogue with on, you know, like it's just in the playoffs, it's just not that important of a category, but the real category is Jokic needs to be our third best scorer um, on our team. And so, like, if we want to win, which is so incredible because he has been so good and so smooth and just really, like, anytime he wants to score, he's scoring at a very high percentage. But that won't help our team win. And I think he's the type of player that will recognize and see that enough to say, like, hey, you know what? If MPJ and Murray are scoring over 20 points, then instead of me having to score 35 or 40, I can score 20 and really facilitate and slow the game down how I want. So that is my rogue. I believe uh, two weeks ago I traded Monte Morris, and this week I'm making sure that uh, Jokic is the third best scorer on our team. So I'm going to just say one thing on that. I agree in principle, but I feel like there are times when we need Jokic to be our one scorer because the rest of the team isn't there. And so I feel like if Jokic knows that he has to kick his ass into gear a little bit, then that's fine. But I think on like, if you were to get it out, third best, I totally agree with you on that one, Andrew. It's just the interim step like, I think he's at this point now where he can get what he wants and he needs to know when that is. Cause I feel like in previous years, he may have held back a little bit to be that third leading scorer. I, I don't think uh, I agree that he, we don't, we're not in a better position when he does score. I mean, we, we know the numbers when he's scored 30 and we're below 500, but I don't think that MPJ is ready to step into that 
uh, that second scorer role. I don't think he has the ability to create his own shot well enough yet consistently. And um, you, that was one of the stats you're talking about earlier today, Bush, was he's only got 12 20-point games in his career. Jokic has 12 20-point games this month, probably. Um, that I don't know if he, if MPJ has the ability to carry that yet. Well, what have we been talking about before this? MPJ needs more minutes. So even, I forget which game it was, like three or four games ago, where he had 40 minutes and right, 12 he led the points. Team. Right, led the team, but had 12 points. That's great. That's fine. You know what? Like, if he's still contributing to be a part of it enough, that might be the case. But the dude is a 6'10" guy who like thinks every time he shoots it's going to go in so he has the opportunity and ability to do that but i agree with uh Sieber's point too that Jokic. my point for Jokic being the third best score is probably only true for the first three quarters because i think in the fourth quarter it's got to be like him and Jokic and murray pick and roll um they're just so good Jokic might have the third fewest points in the ideal game for the nuggets but he's probably still the best scorer right yeah and most important yeah well andrew goes rogue and agrees with everyone said earlier in the podcast so (laughs) well done thank you all right uh well the nuggets next week uh we've got three games before the uh, all-star break the all-star game this year is going to be on march 7th uh we've got a little bit of a break here so we play the bulls on monday night uh the bucks on tuesday uh, and then Thursday we played the Pacers, so we're hitting the Eastern Conference hard uh, before the All Star break. Then the guys get about seven days off uh, before then we, we go, go three into the Memphis games. You you know what? If uh, the team that showed up against OKC uh, shows up in all three of these games, yes, uh, realistically, uh, I think we're going to go two and one. Uh, but we can't continue to do that. We're right now we're a five hundred team, as you guys were saying. We're we're down in the bottom of the playoff race. We can't get into that playoff game. Uh, we've got to uh, start winning the games that we need to win, and we need to go on a streak here. So I'd like to see them go three and zero. I think realistically, though, though they're two and one. Um, I don't know, Sieber, if you're thinking about anything else this week or what you want to see from the team. Who do you think the one is? Do you think it's Chicago or do you think it's Milwaukee? I think it's the Pacers. I think it's the Pacers. Oh, wow. Door number three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's make a deal. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I think we can pull off the Bulls. Uh, I think so. I think that Thursday game uh, against the Pacers that uh, Sabonis uh, just got kind of a last nod into the All-Star game, uh, and he's going to light us up. Wow. Do we think? So do, you, so do you think he's like, look, Jokic, you're coming for my dad's spot as the best big man passer of all time. I'm going to show you what's up. Is you, that, you think that's you, the, you, yeah. you, you hit my mark, just like you are. That's right. You hit my mark. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, did we? Sap Green and Gary are all out till at least the All Star. Are they? I don't know. I, I, we haven't seen any updates. Yeah, but, and then we, we got some like, some COVID information. This oh, afternoon, yeah. right? Who is who's RJ. going through? It, was RJ it Hampton? Is he actually like on the list, or he, he said that? Well, he, there was a tweet I saw, and I don't know if there's been any since, but he basically was like, "I feel fine. I don't know what the hell is going on." <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, it's like, up. I feel fine. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So I'm all good. Everyone appreciate the messages of concern. Don't know what's going on. Baseball. Baseball. <laughs> I mean, if he's sick, then whoever he's been dunking on has just has to be sitting. 
<laughs> that dunk was amazing. Garbage time. <laughs> it was so much just fun. Posterized him. I don't even know who it was, but he just crushed him. All right. Well, that was episode eight of the Hard Pick Mining Company. Again, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, oh, uh, plug. Come on. We need some mailbag. We need some prompts. What's that? What's Who, that? Who's got a stupid idea that want, wants to make us you know, write a limerick? That's hardpickminingcompany at gmail.com. coming up, so get those limericks in. <laughs>